All righty, let me bring in my friend, Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. How you doing there? I'm well, thank you, Alex. That's your theme music. Um, you're in the um, gallery. You're in the media gallery in Ottawa. Did you attend the? Uh, did you get the chance to attend the Zelensky speech? I uh, saw it. Yes. Yeah. What'd you make of it? I thought it was an interesting speech. I thought it was short, eleven minutes. Um, I thought I, it was for eleven uh, minutes. He got. He gave out the goods, though. He did, uh, but he has a problem, and Canada has a problem, and the problem is we're not going to war uh, with Russia over Ukraine. That's just not going to happen. Every Canadian knows that. Yeah, it's uh, certainly hard to watch, though. No question about it. Uh, but it's interesting. He did uh, use Vancouver as an example. You know, what if there was a siege in Vancouver and, and it, it evoked this? Well, there was a siege in Ottawa with the trucker convoy. And then you think, how stupid did we sound a month ago talking about that as a siege, given what we're seeing in Ukraine today? It was. There was one odd, by the way, there was one portion of the speech, I don't want to be picky you now, Alex, where he said, can you imagine, uh, he talked about the Russians moving into some Ukrainian municipalities and tearing down the flag, putting up the Russian flag. He said, can you imagine someone in Montreal taking down the Canadian flag? He said, well, actually, they every flinch. Saturday night, that, <laughs> that's just yeah. another Saturday. Yeah. So not, not a Never good mind, e the Prime Minister took it down. I mean, he took it down for months. Yeah, not a good example. Yeah, I know. I, when he said that, I was like, yeah, you know what? The prime minister did that. I don't think he'd care. But anyway, go on. We'll, we'll skip that part of your speech. Meanwhile, the Department of Foreign Affairs uh, is not going to explain how, why it gave a 2021 subsidy to a pro-Russian business whose directors included a former Canadian ambassador to Moscow. This is a five-figure subsidy given to... Um, is it uh, to stimulate the engagement of Canadian industry in Russia? Why, mm. why, first of all, it's not that much money. It's, what, 23000 bucks. But, like, wh why are we giving them anything? Well, it's your money, and why are you giving them anything? And uh, the directors included a very interesting man by the name of Christopher Westall, used to be Canada's ambassador to mm. Moscow. And uh, he made some really unfortunate remarks uh, prior to... The yeah. invasion of Ukraine, uh, really, I have to say, even at the time, uh, it struck members of uh, Commons committees uh, in, uh, with incredulity. Putin is not the demon. He's the most yeah. rational guy in the room. There's no way Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Don't be crazy. This used to be our man in Moscow. A lot of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Ambassador Westall went on to become a, a six-figure director of a, a mining company listed in the Toronto Exchange that operates a silver mine in Siberia. A lot of questions about the Department of Foreign Affairs. And uh, also, why would they be granting a taxpayer's subsidy for a penny to any Russia trade group after the invasion of Crimea? We have a really complicated yeah. relationship. It's really not as clear-cut as it appears in the speech by President Zelensky or, God knows, numerous public utterances by uh, Minister Freeland. 
Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to do our part, we would stamp out all the Chinese and Russian uh, money laundering and all that crap that goes on that no one bothers to pay attention to. But, you know, it's funny because Moscow, they've got a lot of friends in this government. Uh, Stefan Dion, ambassador to Germany. I mean, he has been a Putin cheerleader as well. Uh, I mean, he was a completely against sanctions. Oh, we don't want to sanction anybody. Don't sanction anybody. And, you know, this government had to be kind of dragged kicking and screaming to act. Um, and, of course, only laid sanctions after the fact when a lot of people were saying, do it before he attacks to stop him. But, you know, with that ambassador and, and Stefan Dion, I mean, my God, uh, they're working for the enemy. Well, they, 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 there's a lot of questions about the Department of Foreign Affairs. We found briefing sure. notes on, on an unrelated but equally asinine topic. We found briefing notes going back last year where they praised uh, Cuba right up until the mo- moment <laughs> Cubans took to the streets of Havana in July and uh, political protesters were uh, jailed for 20 years sentences for counter-revolutionary activity. We have a very, the Department of Foreign Affairs operates almost without any supervision by any parliamentary committee, even though we have a committee on foreign affairs. And they, there's a degree of self-absorption, smugness, and frankly, let's be, let's just be candid. Diplomats representing Canada overseas, and these guys are hustling. They're looking for the corporate directorships. I can get, I can mm-hmm. name names. I used to work in China. I can tell you the number of poor ex-ambassadors is a short list. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And, and they're all terrible at their job uh, to boot. I mean, where's John McCallum now? But, you know, foreign affairs has not been uh, a serious uh, position in this country, sadly. It's uh, And now we're going to pay the price for it. And I mean, the, the foreign affairs minister they have in now, don't even get me started on, on her. She's just every time she opens her mouth, I, I fear. What, what will be said. Um, interestingly, I think there's a new battle um, coming the, the, the Prime Minister's way. So National Chief Roseanne Archibald is speaking out. She um, is none too happy with the use of uh, Cabinet's emergencies measures against the truckers. She believes that it sets a very bad precedent far and wide that will affect the Assembly of First Nations. Absolutely fascinating testimony at the uh, Commons Finance Committee. First Nations National Chief Archibald made it clear she was no friend of the Freedom Convoy. She didn't like their message, and she thought some of them were pretty rough characters. What was really compelling was she got a heads up. She said from Cabinet a day before they dropped the hammer on the Freedom Convoy under the Emergencies Act. And the reason she got that call in advance is because Cabinet was worried, she said, and she articulated the fear. Look at this horrible, horrible precedent you've set. Well, what's the precedent? Says the First Nations chief, who explains she has participated in road blockades and civil action before. And the precedent Mm -hmm. is you will seize bank, you will freeze bank accounts, and you will use this act to label people. And uh, she said that's a real concern. It's absolutely compelling testimony. Why didn't you see that anywhere at the moment? And why would this be uh, some sort of exclusive news now? Uh, Alex, the lack of interest in the consequences of the Freedom Convoy crackdown is really fascinating in Ottawa right now. Nobody's interested. Isn't it? Well, why would they? They didn't get it right reporting it the first time. They don't want to see the error of their ways. Uh, but we will keep covering it, and I know you guys are covering it, which uh, is uh, is important. But to, to her point, I mean, look, Caledonia, you look at the rail blockades. I mean, if they pulled these measures under a different government, uh, you know, that's what she's concerned about. It's like, okay, if you're doing this now, what's going to happen the next time if there's ever a conservative government and they decide to shut down one of our, our protests? And then meanwhile, and I don't understand how this is a thing at all, 
you guys learn that banks are going to get subsidies under the uh, compensation, the Freedom Convoy yep. Compensation Fund for small yep. businesses. So this was $20 million put aside to help businesses that were directly impacted because they couldn't open. And now banks can apply for ten grand. There's nothing to disqualify the banks. We couldn't get a straight answer. We tried for days from the federal agency that is responsible for bankrolling that. So this was depicted by Cabinet as uh, emergency compensation for little mom-and-pop operators mm -hmm. who uh, suffered extraordinary losses because of this blockade. I didn't see those, by the way. I saw some businesses that did land office business. There were shawarma shacks. This was the best uh, three weeks they had in a long, long time because, uh, you know, truckers did spend money. But sure enough, and the Commons Finance Committee has been on these guys, they can't design pandemic relief programs. Every time they design a program they say is for small business, it's always the people with cigars and brandy who get the claim. And in this case, exactly that. The Royal Bank can get Freedom Convoy compensation. Ain't life grand. Hey, they got your bank account. Now they want your money, too. So, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. It never fails. All right, Tom. Out of time, but thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. That is Tom Korski with Black Locks Reporter. They do cover all the things that certainly get missed uh, and shouldn't because they are actually consequential. And, of course, it's subscription-based. But I always say, worth every penny.